by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Hello and welcome to the N17 Women podcast, the original Spurs Women podcast. And after last week's epic pod, we promised to try and keep it a little more contained this week. Uh, I'm joined by uh, Rachel and Caroline. I'm Sean. Abby is sadly a busy bee working this week. So the three of us will attempt to... Uh, bring you some Abby energy. And the first thing she wanted us to say is that she loves Jess Nas. So let's have a look at the the game. Obviously, Sunday, late evening, Storm Isla kicking off here in London and we played West Ham away. We had a lineup that I think probably wasn't too surprising. Uh, Barra in goal, so um, but no Becky on the bench, which questions, is she injured? Is that why Barra's getting so much game time at the moment? Maybe we'll find out on Thursday. Defensive has Amy, Molly and Ash. Uh, Olga and Evelina in that defensive midfield role back again from injury, both of them. Then the attacking midfield, sort of uh, Martha, Celine and Grace was how it was written on the uh, team sheet. But I think probably more realistically with Celine, Martha and Grace that way round, um, Martha through the middle with Beth up top. What did everybody think about when they saw that team sheet? I think it felt weirdly... I kind of wrote that I thought it was like classic Villaham in some ways because it felt like the a team that we would expect him to put out there. He's got the finished midfield back. We know that he was planning to play Martha as a 10 when Beth came back and that's happening. Celine and Grace on the wings again. We've seen that a lot of times. I guess the, maybe the surprising thing was that Hazard returned to right back. We thought perhaps we'd see Ash there again and one of the two new left backs in left back. But I guess, you know, he also in one of his interviews talked about them being players for the future. And so maybe this is just a sign that he's going to phase them in slowly. And also that he does like what Haz has been doing at right back. So, yeah, not massively surprising. I think that's probably the main thing of note. Yeah. As a Becky Spencer stand, that was what I immediately zeroed in on. So hopefully all is well with her and not a serious injury or anything. Otherwise, I I felt really good about the lineup. It felt like Robert was taking this game very seriously because this is a game where, you know, we need to pick up these three points because it is a winnable game. And we also know that we have sometimes some (laughs) very bizarre bad luck against West Ham. So don't take any chances necessarily with the brand new signings, you know, go go with what we know. So I felt good about it. And also possibly worthwhile noting that after our fears about Molly after the last game, nothing seemed to be problematic. She was in the starting lineup and played the whole game. So fingers crossed. And of course, we have got a busy week. So we were expecting some changes to come midweek. So it started well, six minutes gone and Grace scored our first goal. Beth played the ball to Olga, who played the ball to Evelina, who slipped it through to Grace and she put it in at the near post. We started really well. That was fantastic. But after 35 minutes, uh, the equaliser came. Uh, Shimizu came in behind Ash. Evelina standing right there didn't react to the player coming in. And the ball found its way to the back of the net. Just before half time, we did our just before half time thing again. And Celine scored uh, to take us back into the lead. Uh, Grace with an early pass into Celine in the middle of the pitch, running towards the goal, managed to slip that ball between the keeper and the defender. Um, and put us back in the lead. Bit of a whirlwind first half that, but how were we feeling at half time? Because 
as we've said, always an eventful game against West Ham. And that first half was not bad from a goal perspective. Yeah, I think I was feeling moderately optimistic. It felt like we had more control of the game than West Ham did. Obviously, the issue came with the ball getting into the box and us not clearing our box. It's been a constant issue this um, season and it continued through this game. I think that... One of the issues was also that players were getting dragged. Um, I think Asai was was very strong. Players were getting dragged to the sort of defensively to, I guess, our right, their left. And so and that goal, I think Amy and Haz were doubling up. Molly had pulled across as well. So you were left with Ash and Evelina as kind of right in the centre of the box, which maybe means, again, something about how we're getting pulled out of position. But other than some of those issues, you know, Grace was having a great game. She was absolutely sort of, you know, going wherever she wanted. The ball was sticking to her feet like it does. It was, you know, she was having fun, kind of started off where she'd left off against Arsenal. And I I just, you know, I just thought Evelina had an amazing first half. I was just watching her kind of a little bit in awe. She was not just the through ball to Grace, but also just throughout the game. She seemed to be just dictating play, moving from left to right. You know, she was indicating where other people should put the ball and I was just sort of basking in the joy of having her and Olga back together at central midfield because we hadn't seen them for a while together. And it was nice. And I was like, this is how it goes. This is how our team ticks. Yeah, we had missed the finished midfield for sure. And, you know, I think they both had really strong games or, well, at least when they were in their correct positions, let's put it that way. It really was, I think, a standout performance from Grace Clinton, which is difficult for us to kind of you know, process as fans, because in the back of my head, I'm always thinking, don't get attached to her. You know, it's it's great that she's playing for us right now, but we can't count on her being here past the season. But at the same time, it's it's clear that she's really integrated well with the team, even when she's, you know, not playing like in, in the game where she was ill, you know, we still saw really strong performances from the other forwards. I was pretty happy that we got that goal just before halftime. Because if we had gone into halftime tied, I think I would have felt a little bit more nervous just because of, you know, the nature of this opponent. But it, it felt like we had gotten the game back under control. And I think I think it was in the first half as well when Beth had that really good chance as well. So we were definitely getting a lot of opportunities. And I think I remarked at halftime that it's pretty stark, kind of the the contrast between how how powerful our attack has been and how like mistake prone the defense has been. I know Robert's always talking about the fact that we really are just focused on outscoring our opponents and, you know, not so much on clean sheets. But at the same time, it's like it, I, I still feel like we're having way too many preventable errors in the defense. So it's something to think about for the future. I was just going to add that I think Beth actually I think she had two really good chances in that half where you were, you know, on another day she would get them. But also it's actually just good that those chances are being created for her because obviously she's still hardly played with this team. So it's, you know, it's really nice to see. I thought Martha, on the other hand, did look like she was a little bit off the pace and, you know, she got substituted a bit earlier than Beth did in the second half and it will get to that. And so I think for her, it was just kind of warming into it, getting the minutes. And also Gory was doing a good job for them. So, yeah. Yes, I certainly think Beth hasn't been quite as on it 
uh, in the last couple of games as as she has been known to be. But that you know, last game she still managed to score two goals. So nothing to worry about there really. Second half was a little bit more chaotic, I think it's fair to say, than the first half. We started brightly again in the second half, and not long after half time, Grace Clinton hit a screamer from the edge of the area, but it was a little bit controversial. Rianne uh, Skinner, obviously our former manager and now manager at West Ham, said it shouldn't have stood. What do you think about, and in fact, the Sky Sports pundits said it, it shouldn't have stood that our player was offside um, on the line, getting up and blocking the keeper's view. What was your take on that? Well, obviously, y'all won't have had the benefit of this, but watching at home, somebody was able to grab a screenshot where you can very clearly see that she had a clear view of Grace taking the shot. So I think... If it were to come down to a situation where VAR got involved, if, you know, we had VAR in the league already, it it probably would have still stood. But I can see how it's one that that would prompt some debate, especially from the disgruntled West Ham fans. But honestly, it, it kind of felt like a deserved goal because Grace was really just kind of unplayable in this game. So I'm I'm definitely OK with it having stood. Yeah, it was a good goal, wasn't it? Hey, we're taking it. Uh, and also, it was just Mackenzie Arnold moans. So what? You know, let her moan. And Rianne Skinner complains about things. We also know that. She used to complain about things when it was us. And I'm glad, Caroline, that you've seen the evidence. And so now I can say it's not just, you know, because on the one hand, like, even if it was in a circumstances where VAR would have checked it, then VAR would be checking any number of other things. Like, there was a lot of offside calls on Jeff Naz that looked very marginal there were other things that VAR in the real world, if there was VAR, would have checked. It didn't. It would have checked some of the, you know, we can talk about some of the fouls, etc. It didn't. So in the world that we live in, there is no VAR. And the goal stood. And I heard some commentators like, was it like about Amy Turner just like, you know, just like smiling and coming back as if there's nothing happened. You're like, yeah, she's smiling and going to celebrate a goal. Like that is what players do after a goal. She's not like sneakily pretending she hadn't fallen down or something. And if she ha- was, I would be all for her being sneaky in this instance. I mean, there was the video, wasn't there, of the Chelsea game where Hannah Hampton really clearly like had, you know, sent the ball out of play. And she realised she hadn't got given us a goal kick rather than a corner. And you saw her just like gurning at the camera because, you know, she knew she'd done it wrong and that they called it wrong. That's the WSL. You live with those calls. I did. I don't know if you saw the interview after the game with Grace. I thought the interview was very cheeky because she obviously they'd been having this conversation about that goal in the studio and things. And so she just went into Grace Clinton and said, that's, you know, it's a bit dodgy, isn't it? Getting in the eyesight of the keeper. Is that something you've been practicing? And Grace clearly didn't have a clue what she was talking about. and was just like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that's what we, you know. And it's like made to seem like Grace was saying, yes, we've been practicing that on the, on the training ground, which clearly is not something that our team are likely to do. We're not the sort of team that are going to be practicing cheating on the training ground. In that situation, you know, it worked to our advantage once, but I, don't, I genuinely don't see it being actually intentional from our team if there was anything there. So I did think that that interviewer was a little bit cheeky and um, led Grace down a road that really wasn't fair. But anyway, we did score. It was given. It was West Ham 1, Spurs 3. At which point, most teams, I guess, would be fairly confident. But we're Spurs. So inevitably, on 56 minutes, Amy Turner came off and was replaced by Ramona Petzelberger. That didn't mean that Ramona was playing at centre-back. 
it meant that Evelina dropped back to centre-back once again. I spoke to Ash after the game and she said at this point when she saw Amy's number coming up, all she was thinking was, please not me, please not me, please not me. And was very happy when Evelina moved back into the centre-back role. Clearly, Ash not enjoying her experience at centre-back last week. Were we all quite so happy to see Evelina rocking back to centre-back? I guess I'm both the most unhappy about it and also the most sanguine about it, I guess, of all of us. I'm really, I would, I absolutely loved her in midfield. I just thought she had, as I said before, this great game and it reminded me of what we've been missing and how good we can be. At the same time, I understand kind of the logic that if Villaham really wants this to happen, he's got to try it and there's going to be mistakes and his whole philosophy is if if you can't fail you're not really being brave and so I get that I I wish it hadn't come so close to failing and I don't know if it's going to persist I just think it's really hard it's it's doubly hard as well last time we saw her starting in centre-back but to be playing half well more than half a game in the centre of midfield having like a very big role like she made the most passes of any player in the first half So it's not like she was tangentially involved and then go into a different role. It must be so confusing. We talked about that last year in terms of Ash and having to play in these different places. And for Evelina, it's not just a different place. It's a place she's never played before other than like this half hour against Sheffield United. So that, I think, on top of it being new, it's really not surprising that it wasn't joined up, that her and Molly were not communicating. And again, she was also then playing on the same side that Haz was on and Haz had been struggling a little, you know, Haz had been like having a really good battle with some of the players, but like Asai had just been really dangerous throughout. Like she was the player who across the entire game was the hardest to mark and she was coming down that side a lot. Well, I'm always saying trust in Robert because even the experiment of, you know, Angrad going to right back this season, I was initially very skeptical, but it has, for the most part, largely worked out. But I just think this is a situation where he's really gotten it wrong. And that's the first time I've really had to say that this season. I think it's just because Evelina's skill set just does not lend itself to a, a purely defensive role. And even something as basic as like, she's not very good in the air. And that's something that's already been a weakness for us, even with our established center backs. It just feels like bringing undue pressure upon ourselves that doesn't need to be there. And and it feels like there have to be other solutions. Obviously, like Rachel said, she had such a good first half of the game in the attacking mode. And you don't want to lose her you know, in that portion of the pitch. So this one just really has been kind of baffling me. And I hope it's a very short lived experiment. But we are in a situation where the the center back depth is kind of in a dicey situation right now. You know, with Luana Buller, her fitness being kind of an ongoing concern, hopefully, which is going to get sorted out soon. But I I feel like we may even be at a point where we want to at least explore the possibility of a short-term loan for center back just to get us through the rest of this season and not be completely thin in the depth chart at that position. Yeah, I, I just, I don't want to see Evelina in this role again. I guess it's also that not only did, was she in that role, but then also Ramona Petzelberger was in front of her. And I thought that by the end of the game, Ramona Petzelberger was playing okay. But I think in the first 10 minutes, she didn't look on the pace as much and she just obviously doesn't provide the same cover that Evelina does 
to whoever was in centre back before. So Evelina didn't have Evelina in front of her as well as having to play that. And that made it harder for her. So, I mean, that's the sort of tension around this is that it's the sort of double issue of her playing there and not playing in the other place. But I guess, I mean, we don't have a lot of options. We were talking before the pod about how it's very clear that Amanda Nilden is not a centre-back and that's been made clear now. Charlie Grant has occasionally played there, but I don't think that's her favourite position. And there isn't anyone else in the club at the moment who plays there. So we are waiting for Luana Bula to come back. And Amy Turner was clearly being taken off because she can't can't quite manage a full 90 yet. So again, that will change. She will at some point be able to play more minutes and hopefully Luana is around. Yes, but with a three-game week this week, it's not really the time we need to be worrying about centre-backs. But Evelina did show why we're not quite... Um, so uh, enjoying her centre-back role quite quickly. After 62 minutes, it was uh, Asai who uh, scored the second for West Ham. Evelina took the ball away from Barra, who was coming to grab it and didn't quite manage to control it in the way that she wanted to and the ball went over the goal line, I think probably from Evelina's touch. So wasn't a great goal. Some people saying, I think, that it was about some bad... Communication, I think. Well, I think some people were saying it was just bullying off people and things but when I watched it back it didn't look like that at all it just looked like Evelina thought she could clear the danger and clearly couldn't so that was a not great goal. I think what Caroline said about it being communication was something that struck me because either Evelina could have stopped or Barra could have stopped and what happened was they both ran in they kind of ran into each other and neither was able to control it and that's one of those things where when the goalkeeper and the centre-back have been playing with each other they know how to signal and to shout out and to just know how to respond in that time and so in some ways that I'm less worried about that because I feel like that's something that comes out of communication which you develop than some of the other aspects of what Evelina might be doing wrong at centre-back. Well and I think personally in that kind of scenario I feel like ultimately the responsibility does come down to the goalkeeper to be more vocal Um, so maybe that's just something with not just the the unfamiliarity between the two of them, but also Barra just recently coming into the team to, to be the starter. So I, I think it's something that's fixable. So that's good. But definitely was kind of a, a concerning moment at the time. And then, uh, of course, West Ham went to get on an equaliser. Their new superstar from America took a free kick and uh, found a uh, claret and blue head. And it was um 3-3. Uh, on 70 minutes that one uh, but then possibly the reason why <laughs> our colleague is so in love with Jess this week after 75 minutes Ash played the ball into Beth who was in the box she couldn't quite she didn't quite get to the ball but it came to Naz and uh, Jess managed to uh, fire in at the near post another one at the near post to make it 4-3 did a little bit of a dance for her celebration not her usual pot stirring and that was the end of the scoring. Um, we did see uh, debuts uh, for Tilly and for Charlie. They both came on. Tilly came on for Celine and Charlie came on for Beth. Beth did come over to the uh, fans at the end of the game, wiping, mop, you know, mopping her brow of a sort of like a few that was close, wasn't it? Uh, kind of approach. And yes, it was. But we got over the line. Let's talk about Grace Clinton a little bit more. We did mention her in the first half, but she was 
sublime in this game, both attacking and defending. She didn't seem to really put a foot wrong in this game. There's been a lot of talk about her going back to Manchester United, but in the post-match interview, she was talking about how much she's enjoying playing at Spurs, the freedom she's got. I think if it was up to her, it wouldn't be hard to convince her to stay. And I do think the club are going to work at it. Are we hopeful that she's going to stay with us or just enjoying what we have for now? I'd like to say I'm hopeful, but I kind of feel like there's going to be a lot of pressure on Man United to integrate her into the team and to not lose another lioness, especially somebody who's likely to be a future sort of um, favourite. So I am not that optimistic, but I, I it's very clear that the club are trying, that they like her, that they want her. I also thought, like, I really love the interview that Robert Villaham did where he talked about how he's been working with her. And he also talked a little bit about this in his off-the-shelf podcast interview and how he's been trying to develop her in ways so that she so that he gives her freedom, but that freedom is within constraints, so that he's that she's very clear about different kinds of options that might be available to her, and that allows her to play more freely. And so it's that kind of mix of that freedom and the constraints. But also he talked about how players like Martha and like Olga would sometimes say to her, no, no, like that's wrong. You're like, you're going into the wrong areas. You're getting stuck, et cetera, and dead ends. And I think we have seen just over the course of the season, she is going into fewer dead ends. There was this point earlier in the season when she was just continually cutting inside. And I got frustrated with her because it was often not leading to anything and it looked nice, but it didn't produce stuff and outcomes. And I think that she's really changed that and she's reduced that absolutely almost to nothing. And at the same time, she's also, I remember we were critical that she wasn't overlapping very well with Ash on that side. And you see that increasingly she does now part the passing between them is much better. They do use each other in ways that are interesting. And so loads of praise for her. And I, and and also not just praise for her, but I think that she has definitely developed in really good ways since being at the club and that Robert Villaham and the coaching staff have to, as well as the other team members, should take a lot of credit for that. I did notice that she and Ash were hugging quite a lot in the match, so I think their working relationship has definitely improved. I did also like Robert's um, comments when asked about her going back to Man United. He was very respectful of the other club and said she's their player, it's, you know, we just have to, to do what we can do. But at the end of the day, she's their player, which I think a lot of other managers might not have been as respectful. So I was really impressed with that um, from him, as we have been with pretty much everything, you know, the way he talks generally. But I was pleased to see that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all we really can do is show her that this is a good environment for her to be in if if she does have a little bit of say. And, and where she ends up after this season, I, I keep seeing conflicting things about what her actual contract status is. So I honestly don't know what what's going on there. But it's clear that she really has clicked with her teammates on like a personality level. They all seem to get along really well. And I mean, obviously, her football is going well, too. So if there there is a chance that we could could keep her, I definitely think the club should make that happen. <laughs> you know, whatever the cost, I think a player like that is worth it for sure. I'm, I am going to go rogue for a second, though, because, you know, as great as Grace's performance obviously was, I feel like not enough attention has been given to Jess for getting the game winning goal. And I, I think I'm just really pleased for Jess the way this season has been going for her, because it's clear that, you know, Robert has a lot of trust in her. 
And she was one of those players that I was kind of concerned about at the start of the season. Is she going to be able to make that leap? You know, I think we've had that question for a couple of seasons now, honestly, because she is a player who's been with the club for a while and kind of gone with us through this transition as we're trying to level up and get closer to, you know, performing at the level of the top four clubs. So I I just think she's really added some new elements to her game. Like the runs that she's been making have just been so smart. It's not a coincidence that she continually is ending up in the right place at the right time. I I mean, this was only her first goal in the league this season, which kind of surprised me, but I, I feel like she's contributed so much off the ball as well. So yeah, I just wanted to give Jess a little bit of credit, you know, and I'm sure Abby supports me in that too. But also like, I mean, I was saying this last week about Jess is that I, last week I thought that she did really well when she's playing centrally and that was the second half of that game and I think to this week she also came on and she was playing more centrally and that works really well because that's how she she finds those positions she gets those spaces and so yeah she can be frustrating sometimes but that's partly because she is getting finding those positions so often and I think she is more this year than she has previously and like you say this is the first goal she scored two though was it two in the Conti Cup and she also game Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, she scored two in the Arsenal game. And I think she scored some in some of the games before that. And then she also scored, she didn't score, but she basically made the goal that Rhea scored against Brighton much earlier in the seasons. She has contributed in these important ways. And we talked about how she contributed to Martha's goal in the second North London derby. And so it feels like those goal contributions, the important moments of play are coming more regularly as the season's going on. And that's really, really positive to see. And I just hope that her role can develop and that she doesn't kind of fall down the pecking order with new players. And one of the reasons I'm confident she won't is because I do think that what she offers is quite unique, not just at Spurs, but across the league. She plays differently than other players. And that's one of the reasons why she's potentially quite difficult to defend and that goal she scored in this game she was off balance as well in, to take it into the near post you know that was a really well taken goal have seen arsenal fans online taking credit for another arsenal academy product scoring this weekend you know she started at spurs guys yes she went to you guys for a little while but she's actually spurs so just to point that out yeah great stuff from everybody and we're now level on points with Manchester United and Liverpool and have the same number of points now as we did at the end of last season so generally speaking uh, when we look at the league one game into the second half of the season how are we feeling feeling very good I mean I I don't think that I thought we would be not not only where we are at in the table but also just the underlying performances looking so strong. It's really surprised me how quickly the team has adapted to Robert's tactics. And and we've done it with a lot of new players coming in as well. So that makes it more impressive too. I think it's it's very reassuring that we don't have to worry about a relegation fight at all this season. You know, that's that's like well behind us at this point. And the only game that you can really say we had a bad performance in was the Manchester City like and and all the other ones we've really been in the games so I feel very positive about how the second half of the season is going to go especially with our key players like Olga, Evelina, everybody starting to get fit again it can only go up from here. Yeah I'd say probably we were actually worse in the Man United game than the Man City one but with those two as the exception yeah I am like you I am super optimistic at the moment and positive and I think unlike I think even unlike what you were saying earlier about being stressed about 
our defense. I am actually willing to go with Robert's flow on this one. I don't panic now when we go behind. Last season with Rianne Skinner, if we conceded a goal, I panicked because both I figured that we weren't going to score, which we rarely did in you know, across huge parts of the season. But also because what happened is that players just seemed to fall apart when they when we conceded. So you could see like us conceding and then conceding another too quickly, which happened against West Ham and against Everton at the sort of midpoint of last season. And because of the way that Robert emphasizes goal scoring rather than keeping a clean sheet, it just feels like the pressure's off a little bit and the players don't get overwhelmed even if they make an error. And they keep playing and they keep trying to score. And yeah, it went wrong in the Man City game. And he said that he's learned from that. And I'll be interested to see, not not enthusiastic to see, but at least interested to see how we manage in the next Man City game, which we will see soon. But at the same time, I, yeah, I'm i there for it. And I would so much rather watch us play as we are this season even irrespective of the points. The points are great. Feeling safe, feeling like we're not in a relegation battle, looking around and seeing that we're on the same points as Man United and Liverpool and that essentially there's no reason why we couldn't finish higher than at least one, if not both of those teams. That's exciting, but it's actually the style of play and knowing that this is a project that makes sense, that's more exciting. So before we look ahead in this busy, busy week, let's come back to some questions from listeners uh, that we weren't able to do in our epic pod last week. So a simple one to start with, perhaps, from CH7. Who will finish the top scorer this season, Martha or Beth? Statistically, the obvious choice is Martha. I mean, she's already got seven goals and Beth scored at a crazy rate last season. So she got 12 in the second half of the season. But there are only 11 games left. And so she would have to score at a really, really fast rate. And Martha completely stopped scoring. And I don't think Martha's going to completely stop scoring. So I, it's not that I don't have confidence in Beth. I just think that maybe she gets eight, which would still be amazing. And a really, really high goal rate. But maybe Martha scores another three or four or six. And so, yeah, I'm going Martha. I think I'll have to go with Martha for, you know, the same reasoning. It's not that I don't believe in Beth because obviously she's one of the most efficient scorers in the league. We saw that last season, but Martha's got a really good head start. So <laughs> we'll have to go with Martha. Okay, so the second question. You is, haven't answered it, Sean. Well, it's going to be boring and I'm going to say the same thing. I think it's going to be Martha based on what you've said in terms of it would just be crazy if, if Beth overtook, you know, if Martha stopped completely and uh, Beth would need to really go at it to uh, beat that kind of score. I, I did go back to find the poll that, Rachel actually did on Twitter with this very question and the listeners, or at least Rachel's Twitter audience thought that Beth was going to get more goals. So I just think that's interesting. We'll have to see how it plays out. I mean, there is like, it's, you know, we do trust Beth. She scores goals. I can't remember if it was before or after she'd got two in the cup last week, but I can see the logic, but yeah, it's also the other thing is like the goals are being spread around more this season, aren't they? So there are other players scoring and that just means that potentially Beth is not getting quite as many of the opportunities that fall. So we've been fairly optimistic in this pod about how we think the season's going. But I think and I'm I'm hoping I'm pronouncing this correctly. Apologies if I'm not. Um, Cecina, you have asked, do you guys think we can finish third in the table this season? I'm going to come straight out with no. Uh, what do the rest of you think? My head says no, and like probably at best fourth. 
depending on what happens with Man U and Liverpool. But then my heart says maybe Arsenal just completely implode and drop off the edge of a cliff, which would be beautiful, and we finish third. Don't think it's very realistic. Maybe that'll happen next next year. Yeah, I I think third might be just a bridge too far for this season because this is still a transitional season for us. I think it's good to remember that. However, fourth or fifth looks very doable just simply by the fact that we've got a lot of momentum going already and United is really heading in the opposite direction, it feels like. Um, you know, Liverpool obviously are a factor at the moment, but I just don't know if they have the squad depth to really sustain the level that they've been getting results at. Uh, we'll have to see. But I, I think Aston Villa had too poor of a start to the season to realistically catch up. I think we've got, what, six points on them right now. I just can't see them them pipping us this season. I think if anybody's going to implode, it's Man United the way they're going at the moment. It seems to be um, the fans are increasingly anti-Mark Skinner. And having a go at Rachel Williams for telling them to take their Skinner out signs down. I mean, a player can voice her opinion in the same way that the fans can voice their opinion. But there we go. Amen. I guess I was just, it's, I I mean, I think I was taking us read that Man United were slightly imploding and just hoping for an extra implosion in North London. We can all hope for that. (laughs) More implosions in the top four, the better. So we'll move to Rihanna. And Rihanna, you said, could we? In all seriousness, how far do we think uh, our V-ball will take us in the FA Cup this season? I know a lot of it's luck of the draw, but do you feel there may be more of a prominence on doing extremely well in this Cup? After all, this is already a history-making season. I mean, I think Cup-wise, semi-finals is where we should be looking at. I think that's a possibility. I think getting further than a semi-final is very, very tough. What do you guys think? Well, the one advantage is that we are going to see one of Arsenal or Manchester City knocked out already in this next round. So I think, I mean, Chelsea is still lurking out there. It's it's not like there aren't difficult opponents still in the pool, but I do think we have a potential to go farther, certainly, than we have been lately. And, you know, the Conti Cup is still a possibility as well. I feel like, I don't think Robert's going to not take the Cup seriously, because I think he he's going to recognize that this is a really good opportunity to make a statement this season as we're still continuing to build but just I think to put the other teams on notice um, and a cup is a great way to do that yeah it's not clear how he's approaching the cups he has played some weaker teams in cup games but some of that's been out of necessity and then when we went to Arsenal in the Conti Cup so the other one he put out a very strong team in the away game there, which, I mean, that was partly because there weren't players ready, but he also was using that as practice for the WSL game. So it's intriguing. I'm not entirely certain what his approach is. Obviously, we came very close to a slippery end against Sheffield. So we nearly weren't in the FA Cup draw, but we are. So that's good. And we can obviously go further. And, you know, there's no reason why we can't get to the final, depending on the draw. Maybe we have one great game. You can do anything in a cup game. Uh, West Ham made it to a final and they weren't that great a team. So you can get to a final. It's can you win it? Yeah. You know, if you get to the final, you can win it. You just maybe we hope it isn't Man City. I don't know. Be good fun for a day out anyway. Get to a final and have some fun. So we're keeping our fingers crossed. From Tom, here's a more tricky one. Assuming everyone is available, including Drew and all the new signings, what's our strongest starting eleven? Well, let's start with the goalkeeper. Who are you? Uh, who are you putting in your goal as our strongest goalkeeper? Tough. 
slightly depends how much I think that Barra is probably a better shot stopper and Becky has better control of the ball I was going to say this when we were talking about the game obviously it was really windy and we haven't actually said how crazy the conditions of that game were like it was Gelfall's wind and just rain swirling around and the ball did not go anywhere where anybody wanted it to so I'm just I also just want to just put that out there. It's like, it's probably the hardest game to have come in and do any defending in because you couldn't predict the ball movement. You couldn't place your passes properly, et cetera. So sorry, that's just like me going back in time and just making that excuse for all of our defenders, but also just everyone. It was really, really chaotic in, and you could see that. But it, one of the reasons I'm raising it now is because it had a big impact on how Barra was playing. She had quite a few times where she was kind of scuffing the ball when she was trying to clear it or pass it out. She also just looked slightly, slightly loose control. And obviously we're used to Becky, who is at the very high end in terms of being able to play the ball with her, at her feet. And so I guess that was probably one of Barra's least convincing games in terms of what she was doing in goal. But I still do think that she's a better shot stopper and in so again like if it was a cup game I would want her because there might be penalties and you need the shot stopping if it was a league game Becky so I don't know I'm gonna go Barra for now that's a very long-winded way just because I've remembered suddenly all the rain and winds yeah I know that the the premise of this question is assuming that everyone is available but I I think I'm just at the point where I'm concerned that Becky's fitness is an ongoing issue so I think for that reason I probably would have to go with Barra as well, even though it hurts my heart because I love Becky. Okay, so we're starting with uh, Barra and girl. Defensively, Sean, you're jumping. You keep on missing out having to say. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's difficult when you've made the the pertinent points, really. Uh, I love Becky and I think she's great, but I think moving forward, Barra's the future and there's not enough to call between them not to put Barra in the starting 11 so kind of if if you're looking at the future that's that's where it's going to be isn't it so we've been having some debate online already thanks to uh, some of Rachel's questions about fullbacks so defensively I guess probably if everybody's fit we're talking Molly and Luana at centre-back would that be a fairly easy pairing that's mine for sure yeah I have to say Amy Turner has had some decent games but I am still starting with Molly and Luana so who are we putting in our fullback positions, given that I think we've also established that Ash is our best fullback on either side, as things stand at the moment. So which side are you putting her and where are you putting somebody else? This one is so much harder because we've seen Charlie Grant play one game against Sheffield United. We haven't seen Amanda Nilden play. We've seen Haz and obviously Asmita, who is quite low down the pecking order at the moment, and Ash. I think I would play... Ah, this is so tough. It's like, I'm just like, I'm I'm having to guess which of them is more fully formed at the moment and compare that to Haz, who has been doing really well, but has limitations. Uh, if we were going to play tomorrow, maybe I would stick with Haz. If we were going to play in three weeks' time, I'm going to go random and say Amanda Nilden, who I haven't even seen yet, but she's got more experience than Charlie Grant. And so probably... It's just one step ahead in her development and have her on the left and she's also a left footer and have Ash on the right. It's it's just hard for me to say Amanda Nilden when I, I've never watched her. You know, not that I can remember anyway. I think we talked about the fact that we did play against her when she was with Brighton. I don't remember it. I liked what I saw of Charlie Grant. 
you know, the other day in the cup game. So I think at this point, I probably would have her on the left, Ash on the right. But yeah, it's 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 one where we're going to have to see these new signings in action more before we can have really firm opinions. And on the one hand, you know, we talked about having Barra and goal as sort of the look towards the future. And I think probably the same thing with Charlie Grant, you know, throwing him into the deep end a little bit, but it could work. <laughs> yeah, having never seen anything of uh, of Neilden play, I think uh, I'm going to go with Charlie Grant as well. I think she uh, she looks like our kind of a player. That, that first, uh, I mean, her first uh, tackle in the Sheffield United game, we were straight away, yep, she's one of us. So, but obviously Ash on the other side. Are we sticking with our Finns as defensive midfielders? Is that the... Um, formation we're going for in our starting strongest starting 11 yes yep yep unequivocally yes yeah absolutely oh really evelina defensive midfielders so what are we doing attacking wise are we going three one or is that how probably with the two defensive midfielders we're going to copy robert so who are your three best attacking midfielders this one's really hard because this is where we've just got so many players that we like I guess that I'm going to go pretty much like Robert and have, if they were fully fit, Celine and Grace and Martha and Beth, with Martha playing a bit deeper as the 10. But that is with the proviso that Jess comes on as an early sub. Because I actually think that, I, I mean, I just love her as a sub. She is fantastic. And this me not starting her is not me thinking she's not good but thinking that she is doing such amazing work as a sub. Yeah, I agree with that because the beauty of having Jess as our sort of super sub is that we don't lose quality in the attack when we make changes. And we're going to be in a similar position too when Drew comes back from her injury because I think she's a really strong option for the playmaker role. So just having those players who can come on and it's not like the the tech is going to go down a notch that really, you know, allows the starters to go all out as well. I think what we've seen of Martha and Beth working together has been pretty good too. So I feel good about them kind of having that sort of rotation. And Celine, you can't drop her because she's really just coming into herself as a player this season. So yeah, I got to have her in the lineup as well. I mean, I realized that we one of the players we haven't mentioned is Shuang Wang because we have absolutely no idea where she's going to play. But when Robert was talking about her, he did talk about her as being much more sort of at the point that she would be ready to come into the squad almost straight away, as opposed to when he was talking about Matilda Vinberg and Charlie Grant, who he talked about as much more sort of looking to the future and then developing into their positions in the squad. So I'm going to be interested where she plays and who she's pushing a place for. Obviously, we didn't mention Kit and Ramona. I think both of them have been decent, but I just don't think they're as strong as those others. Yeah, I think Drew is a, is a difficult one because when she's on it, she's as good as anybody else. And I think um, if you know in that playmaker role, if she's giving it 100%, she's definitely in with a shout of that starting 11, but she too often doesn't seem to be there for the whole game. So that lets her down a bit. So I think overall, we've kind of agreed on that attacking lineup. So there's our strongest starting 11 for you, Tom. Hope you uh, Hope you agreed with at least some of those. Let's push ahead to the rest of the week. Thursday night, we're off to Southampton. I think we've worked out that we're all right for the quarterfinals, so it's not a hugely important match. I, again, talking to Ash after the game, she was suggesting that she had a little bit of a niggle on her knee. So I'm hoping that she won't be playing and gets a chance to rest. But I, I would imagine there might well be some rotation, especially given Manchester City 
at the weekend. Are you guys expecting rotation on Thursday night? Yeah, and I think this could be a good opportunity to get, you know, the new signings some minutes, especially like Matilda and Bear. I really have liked what we've seen from her so far. So if she could even possibly get a start, I think that would be exciting. And like you said, Ash has put in some serious minutes. So definitely give her a rest. We don't want to make too many tweaks, I don't think, because, you know, we just talked about taking the cup seriously. And I think we're in a good position, like we talked about a few episodes ago in terms of our, you know, qualification out of the group. But you you still want to see this end up in a win and keep a little bit of consistency so that we keep the uh, the style of play going and... I think some players too, you know, like Evelina, Olga, who are coming back from injury, they're they're going to want more minutes, maybe not the whole game, but to get some more minutes under their legs, I think would be really good. Yeah, although I don't want Evelina getting fouled anymore. You know, she got fouled like four times, but she also got two players got yellow cards for fouling her in that game. So I just want Evelina to be sort of wrapped in a little bit of cotton wool, but <laughs> especially as if she has to play every position. Yeah, I think that we're going to have loads of rotation, aren't we? I think that even Grace talks about it in one of her post-match interviews, talking about different people having the chance to play. So it's clearly something that Robert Willehem has already talked to the team about and people are aware that different players will be starting in each of these three games that are coming thick and fast. Yeah, so I, I expect we'll see almost everybody who wasn't playing getting minutes or getting some minutes. Yeah, good opportunity to give some new folk some time and to rest some players because our... um nemesis Manchester City come to Brisbane Road on Sunday let's start with a let's hope it's not seven goals but Bunny Shaw is absolutely on form and she is our complete nemesis in terms of she always manages to do well against us so realistically what are we hoping we're we're hoping for a win against Southampton finish our Conti Cup group stage well Manchester City what are we hoping from that game (laughs) Yeah, I think we, as we've said uh, so many times, Bunny Shaw is inevitable. Uh, but again, under Robert Villaham's philosophy, it's not about not conceding, it's about scoring. So as, I think especially against a team like Manchester City, they are going to score against us. I am, I kind of actually would like to see, hopefully, if one of the new fullbacks is integrated and does well against Southampton, then maybe seeing one of them against Manchester City, because we really do struggle down the wings against them. And having Lauren Hemp and Chloe Kelly on either side just is really tough. And so our fullbacks have a full workout in those games. It would be great to maybe have extra strength there. I don't know. I mean, the main thing is we do just need to score some goals. I I mean, Manchester City very much overperformed their XG and we underperformed our XG in that game. It was a game as well where various players were out of position, people injured. So we can do a lot better. At least this time we're going to have the benefit of having our captain, Beth, actually playing. I think that's going to make a big difference, not just in terms of how we play, but also just morale. You know, I think she really provides a good foundation in that aspect. Otherwise, I don't know. We just got to hope that Bunny doesn't do too much damage. It, It is a home game, so that's a positive I feel like, you know, I know we skipped goal predictions last week and that was my fault, but I I would be happy with a draw in this game just because City have been looking so good lately. And I, I think we're kind of past the point of hoping that they have one of their bizarrely underperforming performances because <laughs> they're they're just they finally figured it out, you know. And I don't I still don't think much of that is down to Gareth Taylor for what it's worth, but they, they just have a very, very strong squad. 
I guess the other thing to just a little bit salutary, I was thinking about what our team was that started that game and it had Drew Spence had just gone out. We had, I think it was uh, Grace Clinton started at number 10. It was the first time she played there. She was pretty overwhelmed in that game. We had um, Zhang Lingyan on the wing, also just found it really troubling. Haz was on one of the, was one of the fullbacks, I think. And then Shalina came in. No, as Mita, sorry, started the game at fullback. And then, yeah, Shalina came in at fullback. So it was a very kind of ramshackly kind of setup in comparison to what we'd been playing before. So uh, Olga was out. So all of that, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there that there were some reasons why we were less coherent than we have been as well. And maybe if we overcome some of those, we will do a lot better. Glad that you mentioned Olga, Rachel, because actually just having her in the squad as well gives me a lot more hope. <laughs> and I think resilience-wise, from the point of view of what's happened between then and now and coming back from deficits and, and just keeping going, hopefully there's some confidence in the camp and things and with players back, anything's possible. But I'm, I, I mean, I think I am going to stick with my uh, mantra of so long as it's two goals or less that we lose by, I'll be happy. Uh, Caroline's going for a draw. Rachel, what's your status on somewhere in the region of a goal prediction? Yeah, I mean, a draw is possible. Or is like a, if I say 3-2 to them, Bunny Shaw can still score a hat trick and we'll get two. Or maybe three all. I, I mean, I'm going to be optimistic with Caroline. Let's say three all. Okay, high scoring draw. Excellent. We're looking forward to this one. So two games to keep us busy in the coming week. Uh, so obviously no pod in between the two of them, but we'll be back next week to dissect, hopefully, two stunning victories, taking us through to the Conti Cup quarterfinals and another win against Manchester City, because let's face it, we have done it in the past. But for now, uh, do enjoy the rest of the week and we'll speak to you next week. Come on, you Spurs. Mm-hmm.